What's going on, everyone? It's Greg Williams and Shakia Sykes. Welcome to the Grier Project podcast series. Now, you're probably like, Greg, what does Grier mean? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's five different letters that mean five different things. Gender, race, inclusion, equity, and allyship. Right, Shaq? Right. It's a podcast series that centers on celebrating diversity within New York City Department of Social Services, Human Resources Administration, and the Department of Homeless Services. We'll spotlight cutting-edge DEI practices and broaden listeners' perspectives on current DEI issues. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Greg Williams, and... And this is the Grier Project Podcast. We are here live at the UJC Summit Social Justice Convention. And we had to bring in the show hot with the God. The God. Charlemagne the God. What's going on, Charlemagne? Peace, King. How are y'all? What's going on, Queen? You good? We good. So we're here at the Social Justice Convention. Let me ask you this first question out the gate. And then I'm going to let Shaq do her thing. Mm -hmm. Hashtag chamomile energy. Hashtag Mm -hmm. Java trip right here. (laughs) Uh, What you doing here, bro? What you doing here? Uh, Today, I'm hosting, moderating the panel uh, about mental health with a couple of my favorite people in the mental health space. My man, uh, Dr. Jay Barnett and uh, Elliot Connie. And we got a sister named Laura. Let me get Laura's name right. Laura Evans. Laura Evans on the panel. So, yeah, you know, anytime I can get on a platform and have a conversation centered around mental health, you know, especially mental health in the black community, I'm, I'm here for it. That's, that will lead into my next question. Mm-hmm. Uh, we work in diversity, equity, and inclusion. So can you share how diversity, equity, and inclusion is connected to mental health? In, in, what, in what aspect? Like as far as in corporate America or just, just in, in general? In corporate America, in the community? I'm going to be honest with you. Diversity, equity, and inclusion in corporate America don't mean nothing to me unless you're putting, you know, black people, brown people in positions that they could actually make decisions. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think a lot of times in these spaces, they like to put a black person, you know, at the head of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Or a brown person is the head of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And they're just there to make everybody feel better. But it's so surface, right? It's like symbolism. If you're not doing something, if you're not putting somebody in that position that can actually implement some real change, it's not going to have any impact on us, and especially not our mental health, because yeah. all we're going to do is think about how they just got a person in that position to try to appease us, yeah, you know? Yeah, it burnout. It's absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I, I only believe in diversity, equity, and inclusion if it's real diversity, equity, and inclusion. And that only comes with people that look like us being in positions of actual power how do you create impact within communities when it comes to social justice just do the work like find a cause that you care about and 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 go do the work don't try to be all things to all people don't try to you know fix every single problem that's in society because that's just impossible find that one thing that you're passionate about like me it started with me going to do my own work as far as you know therapy and you know dealing with the trauma that I've, i've experienced in my life and that just became my life's work because just me living in my truth impacted a lot of other people. So I would just tell people, find that one thing that you're passionate about and, and, and focus on that. All right. Thank that. you so much, Charlamagne. Hey, everybody. We are here with the lovely Laura Coates. Now, listen, you here at UJC Social Justice Convention. And I have to ask you this question right off the back before I let my co-host come in here, Shaq, mm. coming in and tearing up stuff. Why are you here? How can I not be here? I mean, justice is the issue of our times and the future and the past. And if we continue to think about it as an extra issue, one we'll get to, one that's aspirational, we will never actually catch the justice we pursue. Thank you. So how do you use your platform to promote equity, um, DEI? Uh, So how do you, you can share how do you use it? We're both DEI professionals. You know, 
I try to use the platform that I'm honored to have to ensure that the stories that need to be told are actually told. We have a tendency to think about life that's important only within the certain beltways of America, when in reality, we've got 50 states with millions of people who have an everyday struggle and story that needs to be shared. And unless we appreciate those stories and prioritize them at the same level as we do that which affects a few, we will never actually get it right. And to me, what gets it right is that people not only see themselves on the screen, yeah. but they see what matters to them discussed. And it feels validating to know, mm -hmm. wait a second, my everyday life is good enough to be featured as the story because it's that important. Thank you so much. Go ahead, Greg. All right, so when we're talking about creating equality, creating equity, how does social justice play into that? Because there are many underserved communities. People tend to you know, think that the system is not working. How do we create that change? Well, you have to think about justice as a real umbrella term, and it's so intersectional with so many things. People think about justice as in just the criminal justice system. That's not what justice really is. Justice is having pay equity. Justice is being able to not live pay paycheck to paycheck. Justice is being able to contemplate the future for yourself and your grandchildren, having intergenerational wealth monetarily, and educationally, opportunity-wise, for generations to come. To feel like you have justice, it's not whether you can get out of prison or whether you should be there, it's whether you can be free to be and pursue the American dream that everyone says is available, but somehow eludes too many. One last question. So what would you tell folks that are doing this social justice work and experiencing burnout? What would you tell us? You know what, when you think about burnout, it's okay to feel tired. It's okay to feel sometimes that you need to rest. I encourage everyone to take those moments to try to rejuvenate and replenish what you need. But once you've done that, it's time to put the feet back on the pavement, meet the rubber to the road. And one best way to do that and to ensure that you are not totally burned out is to understand it's important to pursue your passions. If you do that, it's never working a day in your life. Thank you so much. Sure. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. much. Listen, we're here with Fat Joe at the UJC Summit. Listen, I just want to get into it. How do you create allies within the social justice area, Fat Joe? Like, tell us, how do you get the allies? We're doing stuff like this to letting people know that nothing's going unwatched. Or nothing is going, you know, you're not getting away with doing something to our people without us taking notice and speaking up on it. And the biggest thing that brings fear to anybody is people mobilizing and coming together like-minded. You know, people power is the most important power in the world. And when we come together and let them know, yo, we don't like what you're doing in Fulton County. We don't like what you're doing in Mississippi. We don't like, and we're gonna stand on that. That, And that's the only way to combat the injustices that's going on right now. Can you share with us how do you create space and empathy for those harmed physically, mentally, and spiritually in this work? You know, we've been we've been suffering PTSD since since we grew up in the hood. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. stuff our parents put us through, stuff we saw in the street. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like we've been in war our whole life. Yeah. You know, and and so mental illness is very real, traumatized. Yeah. You know, it's very real. You know, I, when I start thinking about stuff that I had to go through mm -hmm. as a youth, now, you know, it just shakes my body now. 
Exactly. You yeah. know, and so we got to help each other and just humanize it mm -hmm. and let people know, yo, we've been through that too. Yeah. And we able to look past it. We able to cope with it and keep going. I like that. And so that's the that's the importance of that. Thank you. Okay, so I just wanted to ask you a few questions. Sure. I, I'm a fan. You're so inspiring. Shaq, you need to at You're least so tell great. the audience who we're talking to. We're speaking to Angela Rye. I said your name right, right? Yes. Um, you're so inspiring. How um, can you just share? How would you um, inspire women who feel like they uh, they don't belong in these spaces? Uh, how would you inspire them who feel like yeah, they just don't belong here or they don't have the confidence to be in these spaces? Uh, I would say it, uh, right now I, I have this necklace on. I wear it every day. It's Harriet Tubman. Mm -hmm. um, and I would say that we have ancestors who blazed the trails for us and opened these roads and created space for the men to be here. Yeah. So we belong here because we created these spaces. Thank you. I appreciate that. Also, can you um, tell me, how do you think we can like create community culture, policies, practices to transfer and share power? Yeah, I think um, one of the most important things about policy development mm -hmm. is the people. Yeah. And if we ever or if we continue to try to develop policy and separate people from that, separate compassion for what experiences people are enduring, we will always create bad policy. So one of the most remarkable things about the United Justice Coalition Summit today is that we are centering the people, the folks who were incarcerated, mm -hmm. the folks who were in solitary confinement, the folks who are doing this work every yeah. day. What are they really seeing and experiencing and living? And then how can we develop policy proposals that support a better existence? And like they said on the last panel, creating space for them to thrive, yeah. for all of us to thrive. Yeah, for all of us. Mm -hmm. I appreciate so, that. So what have been some of the things that city agencies, governmental organizations, have done that they could do better to mm. create more equity within the social justice. Movement. Yeah, I think there's so much, um, you know, I'll never forget uh, Rock Nation working on the Khalif Browder project, the documentary. I think so many yeah. of us know his story. Um, and so when you think about a person going, being incarcerated for something they didn't do and then having to sit behind bars, we need to shorten the time after an arrest to, for someone to have their day in court. We need to ensure that um, we, I think, really eliminating when we put people in jail. Some folks need to be in mental health services. We need to be spending more money on mental health and ther therapy opportunities for people to really grow, um, to heal, um, to repair from trauma. If someone was traumatized, why are we going to further traumatize them by incarcerating them? One of the last panelists just said, I believe his name was Derek, he said that when he was incarcerated, what occurred to him was, the folks who were in charge of overseeing the folks who were incarcerated needed more mental health support than they did. So they're bringing their trauma and perpetuating that onto the lives of these folks who many of them were wrongfully incarcerated. So I think that it's a resource conversation, right? Even when you look at the disparities between traditionally white institutions and HBCUs, why does that disparity exist? When we look at where we live and our property tax dollars going to our schools versus those in white neighborhoods, why does that exist? So there are a number of questions that we need to ask and then the dollars need to shift. And finally, what do you have to say to all the people that are trying to get into the fight, trying to become allies within the social justice arena? There's room, there's room. It's, it's not, they often say, pull up a seat. I would say, roll your sleeves up. Like we don't need anywhere, anybody else sitting down. We all need to be getting to work. And I think the most important thing, even for me, is listening. There are people who have experienced 
all of these varying institutions, these discriminatory policies, institutional racism. I just saw Origin last night. So even the caste structure, how do we dismantle these things so we better serve the people? So it's a few people who understand what the need is, what the, they understood the assignment. Yeah. And when they understand the assignment, they make it better for all of us. So as the great, you know, Abraham Joshua Heschel said, he said, not all are guilty, but all are responsible. Oh. What is your responsibility in order to make things, you know, when people say, well, I wasn't here, my parents weren't here. Yeah. All right, cool, you ain't guilty, but you responsible. Yeah. We're all responsible for how we make the world better. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much. No, no, hold on, we ain't done, Dr. Right. Dyson. No, no, first of all, this is Dr. Michael Dyson in the house. I, I, I just threw Shaq to the wolves. That was wrong of me, doctor. <laughs> Listen, right. let me ask you this question. How do you create equity with an underserved community? Well, first of all, you got to acknowledge it exists, not inequality. You ask equity. So inequality says, well, I'm going to give you the same thing I gave somebody else. No, equity says, let me start you where you need to be in order for you to catch up. Because as Lyndon Bain Johnson said, ain't no such a thing as you've been running a hundred yard dash for the last hundred years. Now you say, all right, it's cool. It's equal. We can all start running the dash. Equity says, let me train you a little bit. Let me show you what the hundred yard dash is. Let me show you what the ability to run hurdles is. Let's get trained for the occupation that we now have inherited through emancipation and liberation. So we've got to figure out ways to train people, to give them skills, to elicit their talent and provide them opportunities to become the best they can become. Thank now, you. I need a bonus one now. Just right. one more bonus one, and then right. you could go, Dr. Dyson. Right. Now, listen, we have 12,000 employees, mm -hmm. Department of Social Services, Homeless Services, HRA, Human Resources Administration. Right. These people are behind the counter trying to help people get their SNAP, their WIC, right. everything. Right. What do you have to say to the New York City employee that is out there servicing their city trying to do the work well i've been on the other side of that i've been the one trying to get their money i was mm -hmm. in wick women infants and children trying to get it don't snap on the people trying to get the snap <laughs> and don't let your wick burn down so low you hollering at people right y'all yeah. gotta understand i know you're tired mm -hmm. i know you overwork but these are human beings i used to go to the welfare office man they'd be hollering at me saying my name all out loud. I'm like, dang, I ain't did nothing. I'm just, I ain't on the dole. I'm just trying to help out my child. I'm trying to help out my pregnant wife and now who's delivered the baby. So the thing is, understand the humanity of the people you address, but also thank you for the incredibly glorious and powerful work you do. Thank you for every day, even beyond your pay addressing issues, making possibilities exist, trying to find solutions to issues that are kind of getting around all of the technicalities. We appreciate you, we love you. We know many of you come from families that have been similarly devastated. So we appreciate the work you do and the love you give. And we appreciate all of the incredible kindness and generosity that you can foster to help our vulnerable brothers and sisters. So inspirational. So we're here with the man, my son. Listen, I'm a hip hop head. Shaq is not that much of a hip hop it's head. Fine. It's fine. She ain't here one of your bars. Oh man. Well, I just did a new freestyle mm -hmm. probably two days ago. Okay. That's kind of like my favorite right now. Oh, it was awesome. on Sway in the Morning. So oh, nice. look that up. It's, I'll look it's, 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 it's Thank something you so much. See, I was going to pressure him to give you one bar. But no, I'm not gonna we're not going to do, right do that now. right here now. <laughs> you don't do so that. What are, you, what are you doing here at the United uh, Justice Coalition Summit? You know, I know social justice is big and near and dear to your yes. heart, but what are, what are you doing here? Well, I am on the United Justice Coalition. I'm part of the UJC. Oh, okay. 
And um, just, you know, we're doing a couple of panels. I'm doing a formerly incarcerated panel talking about um, probation and parole and how those things hinder and do things to people who are we have been formerly incarcerated. So that's what I'm doing. But I'm actually here to get knowledge from so many brilliant people here, oh, okay. you know, that I respect on the UJC. You know, we have weekly and, and monthly calls and, and it's always a plethora of just ideas and information and just creativity on how do we really get justice and what justice really looks like. So I'm always just, just happy to be a part of the situation. Thank you. I know you have a big platform, mm -hmm. so how do you use it to promote uh, equity? Well, I always promote equity. You know, I've been, I've been doing a lot of um, promoting Black-owned businesses, mm -hmm. trying to shop Black-owned, just trying to give shine light. I, I, I take like certain days of the week where I just shine light on Black-owned businesses and, and I try to patron and utilize everything that I can, you know, yeah. because I understand that we have to promote, you know, we have to promote in, in order to actually get equity. Thank you. Like we all deal with a lot of struggles and stuff. Can you share how we can create a space of empathy for those that are being harmed physically, mentally and spiritually? Well, you know, we first we have to humanize people, right? Mm -hmm. We have to understand that there's no big me's and little you's yeah. and understand that at any given time that you can be in that position. And when you identify with that situation, then it gives a lot more room for there to be empathy you know me being formerly incarcerated coming from poverty you know in the bronx one of the, the, the pretty much the poorest borough mm -hmm. and you know and this and, and seeing poverty every day seeing pain and strife and all those things every day is something that i i, I hold dear to me to try to help anyone in a situation that that's like that you know mm -hmm. so being in the position i am now where you know i don't have to deal with those things i always want to shed light on the fact that it actually exists and then also be able to help any way i can thank you now see i got a different question but this is the million dollar question yes what have you seen work and what have you seen not work in getting allies to the table i mean you just you have to do, what doesn't work is you know just being stuck in your own mind and one way of doing something right there has to be intersectionality in work and you got there's no perfect anything you know and, and and when you're stuck in your mind that your way is the perfect way to do something and the only way to do something then you only deal with people who do things one way right and and, and we know that black people and people in general are not in general are not a monolith so you have to figure out okay that's the way you do it that's the way i do it we're gonna all come together and, and, and you know what i call like the wu-tang clan mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's so many different styles, but it doesn't matter. You like one of them. You know what I'm saying? So when you understand the ideology like that, you don't got to do what I do for us to be great. You know, it's like music. You don't want to get on a song with everybody rapping the same, right? So you want different styles, different everything. So when we talking about equity and talking about building with each other, they got to be people that do different things in different lanes. And you got to respect people to do what they do, know what you know, and then know what you don't know. See, now how do you create those safe spaces? Well, I think we that's what we try to do at Until Freedom. We try to bring, you know, we have so many different diverse people in, in our organization because that's how it started. You know, we, we when I first started doing this work, I was with Harry Belafonte's organization, you know, the Gathering for Justice, and then we created the Justice League. And there was so many different nationalities, people from different. I was formerly incarcerated. We had Tamika who was doing civil rights work. We had um, Linda who's been dealing with the work that she does, and Carmen who's a, a, a Chakina. American and, and we just all did our work from our different lenses 
and we respected each other's work and we and we lended helping hands to everybody's causes you know so when you when you create a space where everybody feels valuable then it becomes a safe space so we value everybody you know we your ideas and everything we value them so when you bring them to the table and then you have expertise about something that we don't know and, and we want to know you know we want to be able to say that we are on the cusp and we're we're dealing with issues that affect everybody right we don't want to just even though I'm a black American, I don't want just, I understand, especially as a black man, I understand that the issues that we deal with, everybody deals with. You know what I'm saying? So understanding that when we continue to make allies and, and connections with other people, you know, who have different issues, then that's how we form unity. So how do you correlate the work that you're doing now to the people that go to work every day? Because some people don't see the underlying effects of social justice and how it impacts the families in New York City. Well, we, that we, we have courses that actually do that. We break down everything. You understand what I'm saying? You live in New York. You live in the, the rural areas in our, in our community. So you have to really be in tune. We talk about if social justice doesn't affect you, if something happens in the street and a man is killed and nobody is, is held accountable, that could be your son. Right. Then you're going to want everybody to come out there and fight for your son. So the, the, the goal is to fight for somebody else's son so you don't have to fight for your child. The Grier Project podcast series is produced by the New York City Department of Social Services, Human Resources Administration and Department of Homeless Services. You can find us on the Web at www.nyc.gov backslash DSS.